what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. and welcome once again to the before and after show proper this time um i'm your co-host mj smith and as always i'm joined by your co-host Corey tyndall and we have a very special guest this week with a very special connection to the film we're doing yes um mr jake barton hey guys what's up how's it going uh, uh, it's here. going great i'm yeah. super excited long time uh, listener first time caller <laughs> there you go <laughs> cool Cool. So you're obviously here to talk about uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The oh, Force Awakens. Yes. <laughs> which uh, hype train full speed ahead. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but before you get into that, is there anything you've been watching this week or uh, taking in books, comic um, books? Uh, uh, well, books wise, I'm reading. Uh, there's a new sci-fi show going on called The Expanse. Yes. Um, yeah. I I started reading those books before I knew it was going to become a show, and it has been awesome. Like just great. Great science fiction, hard science fiction, but still, still really adventuresome. Still so full mm -hmm. of uh, joy. Like it, which it's it's just a really good um, science fiction. I would recommend it to anyone. So yeah, they're really pushing awesome. that as like a multimedia thing too. Because mm -hmm. there's gonna be like a video game that's kind of an MMO, yeah. as yeah. far as I understand. And so they're they're like really pushing it, which. That's kind of happened in the past, and no one's really caught on to it. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, I've seen campaigns like that fail um, quite a bit. So I, yeah, I'm interested <laughs> to see how that'll go. But as far as the books go, they're just brilliant. Um, yeah, I bought my dad the, the whole set for Christmas. Oh, so cool. yeah, he's a huge sci-fi fan too. But yeah, I would recommend that to anyone. Sweet. Sweet. Anything else? Um. Well, TV shows, I ha I've, like I said, I've been reading a lot. So TV show-wise, I haven't... I think the last show I watched was uh, True Detective season two, yeah, um, which has been just a trip. Um, you finished it? Uh, yeah, finished it. Okay. Uh, I loved it. Uh, my fiance did not like it so much. Uh, she, uh, it's one of those if you check Facebook during it, um, mm -hmm. you'll miss something. <laughs> uh, like, like yeah, you, you. It's there's so much plot shoved into everything. Like every scene, every ounce of dialogue is intentional. Um, and, but it's, yeah, it, it really, you view it like a novel. Like yeah. it's really got so many plot and just stuff shoved into it that it's, it's really complex and intricate, um, but the payoff is really good at the end. Yeah. Well, and Nick Pizzolatto got to start as a novelist. Yep. So. And you can see that. You yeah. can totally see that. You could even see that in season one, I feel like. Absolutely. Um, season one plays out like a book more than almost anything I've ever yep. seen on television <laughs> yeah. or in film. Yeah. It just it feels like a line for line someone took a book and made it into a TV show. Mm -hmm. And um, it's amazing. Season oh, yeah. one is... So season two, I don't... I, it didn't live up to season one because nothing has. Right. <laughs> like, season one is one of the best television shows I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, season two didn't lead... It didn't quite reach that potential, but I wasn't expecting it to, just because season one was so brilliant. Right, and we were kind of talking about this off mic, like... Um, and we'll get into this later, for sure, <laughs> because that's what this whole movie is about, I think, at this at this point, as, as far as a, a, a sort of a meta-narrative. But there was this expectation management thing that mm -hmm. happened with the audience where, like... 
season one is like the best thing. And then season two was, ex- they, everyone was expecting it to also be the best thing. <laughs> and then it was just pretty good. And so oh. therefore it sucked. Like, oh. people couldn't accept that it was pretty good. It either mm-hmm. had to be amazing or terrible. There was no in-between. Yeah. And I think that really, like, was a detriment to it, because I've mm-hmm. seen the first three episodes, and it's really well done. Mm-hmm. It's a good season of television. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super well cast. I think uh, it's... I didn't get into it quite as obsessively as I did season one. I got, like, weird into season one. <laughs> real weird into season uh, one. It's a flat circle. Control your life. Yeah, weird. like, I got, I got a little too into the Yellow King business. <laughs> Like, I, I'm pretty sure I, I, I kind of worried my wife uh, while we were going through it. You left, like, some of those stick things in the back. <laughs> I was like, I think I figured it out. Um, yeah, but I was such a nerd for that show. And, like, season one has that tracking shot at the end of episode four where they're, like, going into gang territory. And, like, that last, like, seven or eight minutes is all one shot. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But season two is... It plays out in a more traditional narrative style than season one did. And so it just feels like super well done Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't think people were super into that. But yeah. <laughs> the, much like the way season two or season one was influenced by the works of H.P. Lovecraft and The Yellow King and stuff like that. Um, season two is informed by uh, Sophocles and Oedipus and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, no. everyone has, like, a weird sexual thing yep. in this season. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Antigone is one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. So if you have that kind of background for it, it makes it a little bit richer thematically, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So it, it maybe if you did a little bit more research before you went into it, I think people would have liked it more. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there was something weird that happened with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. That's basically all I've, I've been reading a lot. Not too much uh, TV show. But yeah, I would I would recommend season two. I mean, just the whole True Detective franchise. I'm so excited for season three. Yeah. Um, they just greenlit that uh, because it's just it's quality that you don't see in television that often. Like it's yeah. just brilliant. And I was surprised it came that close on the heels of Breaking Bad, because I thought yeah. it would be forever, because Breaking Bad's the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, Hands yeah. down the it's best show I've ever seen. top five for me, but it's, it's really good. good. And uh, so I thought for sure that nothing would come close by the time we, like, in a, like at least five years. Mm-hmm. And then True Detective was almost right after yeah. it, and I was like, wow, that happened real fast. <laughs> Corey, what about you? Uh, I haven't been watching really too much of anything this week. I mean, MJ and I went over and uh, saw Fanboys, and I'd never <laughs> seen that film, so... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. I was like, how have I not seen this before? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, besides that, like, nothing else really. Yeah, uh, we watched on Saturday... Well, we saw Fanboys, you and Yeah. Me, and... I also watched uh, the original trilogy on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. And it had been years since I'd seen that that movie. That movie? The it's all my story. Yeah. That movie. It had been oh. years since I'd seen that movie. <laughs> and it, oh man, they're so good. Mm-hmm. They're just so uh. good. There's something that just feels like home. Oh about yeah. Those yeah. three movies. Yes. You know, it just feel like it's it's like a like a blanket of a yeah. movie. You know, like it was just cozy while we were watching it. It's and, magic. Yeah. Yes. It's magic. Yeah, and just so well put together, man. Um, and that—that's about it for what uh, for what I've watched this week. Okay, we're gonna take a little break, uh, and we'll be right back to 
discuss um, Star Wars The Force Awakens and also kind of yes. talk to Jake about a couple Star Wars related things that I, I am interested to hear a perspective on <laughs> yes. um, and just a first person story about how he is uh, forever connected to this film. <laughs> so we'll be we'll be right back to uh, to discuss that. still joined by Jake and Corey. Yep. And so, Jake, there's a reason in particular we had you on this episode specifically. Mm -hmm. And when I (laughs) realized I would still be doing the show when Star Wars came out, I was like, I have to have Jake Barton on (laughs) for this. And that's because... You've watched the movies in Machete Order. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you, so you have watched the movies in Machete Order, right? Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Machete Order is you watch uh, episode four, episode five, you skip episode one entirely. Maybe and, a good decision. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and then, so after five, you watch episode two and episode three, and then you watch episode Return six. of the Jedi. Yeah. At the end. So it's a five film series at that point. And the idea, correct me if I'm wrong, the idea is to really connect you to Vader mm-hmm. after you find out that he's Luke's father. Yeah. And so it just makes that father-son story, like, the culmination of that story yes. just hit, like, a ton of bricks. Yes. No, like, like so my fiance, um, she had never seen Star Wars. You know, she caught bits, of course. I mean, living in the United States... You, right. you have some bits of Star yeah, Wars yeah. just kind of come with being a United States citizen. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she knew some stuff, but she had never seen them um, in their entirety. So I'm like, okay, i got to show her um, the Star Wars movies. Like, mm-hmm. In order to make sure she I can marry this woman, I have to make sure that yeah. she likes Star Wars. It's like this would be a deal breaker. <laughs> Yo, you know? absolutely. Yeah. You know, if she says that was terrible, I'd be like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that may or may not be kidding. Uh, so, so I looked up orders, and I uh, one of my friends had mentioned Machete Order, and I'm like, okay, let's let's try this out. Uh, so we watched uh, episode four. Um, it starts out uh, just a New Hope. Um, you guys have heard the reviews, hopefully. Like it, it it's amazing, perfect, great mm-hmm. intro to a story. You know, the hero's journey. Um, you get the whole thing in the Death Star. Awesome. Then uh, episode five, um, which is my personal favorite, a lot of people's personal favorites, uh, mm-hmm. then ends on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you go back to uh, the prequels. Now, mm. episode one, um, not a huge fan of uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Oh yeah, yeah. But so, but the lightsaber duel at the end is brilliant. So basically, yeah. the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 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 So I showed her the last part of Phantom Menace. <laughs> uh, basically, I showed her the duel of the fates. Um, and then I gave her basically like a two-minute summary of like how the galaxy works. You know, this is the Federation. This is the... And then we went into episode two. Uh, and we had to endure some of the bad dialogue and the cheesy... The bad... I'm not even going to say cheesy. Just bad romance. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sand. Sand is so, so close. Uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I said that three times to my wife tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, ter- it's terrible. So, so yeah, you go four, five, uh, then last little diddle in one, uh, then two, three... Uh, three is my second favorite, actually. I love three. Um, wow. So then three connects them. Uh, you get to see Anakin um, gr- like growing up, truly dipping into the dark side, and you see his fall. There's the tragedy of Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, and then it connects it to Episode Four, and then the best of the magic happens. So then the magic of the Machete Order happens when you start Episode Six, because Luke shows up 
he's wearing all black. Um, and there really is like a legitimate like, oh my gosh, did he like go to the dark side? Like, is he yeah. going to end up like his father? Like, there is a real tension there. Um, and so then going through the movie, you see um, how, and I love watching episode three and then episode six because you have that tension of like the same thing that happens to Anakin yes. happens to yes. Luke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Luke chooses the light side. Yeah, there's even scenes that are like very similar. They're parallel. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and so, so seeing that um, was just amazing. So then we get to the end, and uh, you guys mentioned you did not like seeing Hayden Christensen as the Force Ghost. Right. I would like to contend. Uh, my fiance saw Hayden Chris- Christensen and seeing the connection. She had that connection with the prequels, mm-hmm. just episode two and three. Yeah, and and she just broke down crying, um, seeing that he redeemed himself, like just yeah. that total mm-hmm. redemption. And I saw the tears streaming down her face, and I just. I did it. Like I was just like, I did it. I'm <laughs> awesome. like yes. She's a she likes Star Wars. Like so yeah, I would recommend the Machete Order to anyone. Like it it's um wow. it depends on if you're a fan of episode one or not. I mean even you, you can include it if you want to. Right, right. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but but it was a really good way to watch it that connects them all. And I think it makes it gives Lucas some credit for because the prequels do have some great stuff in them. Yeah. Um, and it does it bolsters the whole story of the original trilogy, which is the core of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the Machete Order does a really good job of doing that. So, uh, the real reason I asked <laughs> you to be here, and the reason you were you were the only guest I ever decided on to be here, is because you were almost in this movie. Well, what? yeah, okay, yeah. That's That may be an overstatement, but yeah, I did audition for uh, for this movie. Um, so, wow. do you want me to tell the story? Yes. Okay, 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 so... Uh, we may interrupt you with questions. <laughs> yes. Okay, absolutely. Yes. So, uh, my buddy back home, he's my housemate, um, he, he's more of the theatrical type, um, okay. so mm-hmm. he's been in university plays and stuff, he, uh, found out through the actor Grapevine that they're doing an open casting call for Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I, we were first like, what? Like, anyone can show up? Um, and he's like, yeah. So we're like, okay, we're going to Nashville. Uh, and you're so, in Kentucky. Yeah, I'm in Kentucky. So it's, it's like a four-hour drive. Okay. Um, and so they're, they're holding an open cast and call on the same date in Nashville, in Chicago, and in London, England. Um, and so we show up, and it is just freezing. Um, it's really cold out. Um, and we show up, and it, it's at this Marriott Hotel um, in downtown Nashville. Um, and we see the line. And the line is just huge. Huge. Uh, we ended up getting a final count when we left from some guy. He said eight thousand people. Okay, just, just in, in Nashville. Just in Nashville. So we, um, so we wait in line, and it's just, it's almost like a comic con. Like there are people dressed up. Like there are people dressed as stormtroopers. Um, we saw a Wookiee costume. That's kind of um, weird. Actually. I know. Yeah. For an audition. Yeah. For an audition. Um, so people had lightsabers. Um, you could tell people didn't really know what to expect. Um, <laughs> They're just like, I'm gonna be in Star Wars. Let's yeah, go. seriously. Like people grab my cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> but like we talked to people um, in line who so came funny. from like farther away than we did just for this chance, you know. Uh, so we waited in line um, for, I believe, seven hours. Wow. And wow. it's freezing. Like, by the end, we were just, like, debating whether or not to leave. Like, it was just miserable. We had a guy in front of us, actually, who, like, four hours into it is just like, F this, I'm leaving. <laughs> so he leaves. He comes back selling hand warmers for $10 a pop. 
And he, he comes up to us like, whoa, man, what happened? He's like, hey, I saw an economic opportunity. Um, wow. And, he was, and so he bought like this pack of 100 hand warmers, he said, for like 20 bucks. And he's selling them for $10. So that guy probably made yeah, a lot of fun. money. Yeah, <laughs> that guy just needs to be in Star Wars. Yeah. He's well on his way to being a very good entrepreneur. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, we so people were kind of cold. And we were all kind of theorizing together, like, what what's the role going to be? Like, we had one guy in the group who was like, oh, I've read all the expanded universe. Like, these are the characters that were... So was this more. was this before they announced like mm, yeah we're totally you know digitally nothing. expanded universe. yeah so they know no, we know nothing about what characters mm-hmm. we don't have the names we just have that they're a we have that they're a brother no not even a brother and a sister they're just like two it's just a male lead and a female lead mm-hmm. for Star Wars episode seven so um so yeah so we didn't know anything going in uh, so we're waiting in this line freezing finally we get into the door um, and they kind of herd us like cattle into this big auditorium um, and we sit there then they herd us into another auditorium like they move us in like 200 people chunks uh, and so we get to this auditorium uh, and we're all getting antsy at this point we think you know everyone thinks oh that we're gonna actually get to read lines like yeah. we're gonna be uh, so we get into the final auditorium and there's the casting director um, she's dressed up real nice uh, people for, we heard that you know she's been casting for huge movies um, and so we're like oh wow this is crazy um, and so we thought we'd all, I don't even know what we were expecting. Like, they were going to have 8,000 people read lines or yeah. something. <laughs> um, but we were all kind of sitting there um, just not knowing what to expect. So she basically gets up in front of everyone. Um, and she gives a spiel that you can tell she's given 100 times that day. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, uh, yeah, so if you guys want to apply online, this is the process. We'd love for you to send in a video um, with your some headshots. Um, and people were upset. They're like, you I can mean, only imagine. Yeah. They're like, you mean we're not going to get to show you what we can do? We're not going to get to act in front of yeah. you? Like, people were mad. Um, oh. And so the whole time, none of us noticed this, but there's guys like in like men in black suits, you know, walking up and down the aisles, just looking at people. Um, oh. And so when, when this happens, like this guy looks at me and I'm just like, why is that guy in a suit? I wouldn't think anything of it. I mean, yeah. He walks back to the assistant casting director is sitting behind the casting director. Um, he says something to her. And at this point, my heart starts racing. I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, so then that eventually uh, fades. I'm like, oh, he just was looking at someone behind me. Or maybe they're just saying, look at that weird guy, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> so then eventually we're led out um, of the auditorium. She's like, okay, mm-hmm. apply. This is the website you apply to. Everyone's like really mad that they didn't get to yeah. <laughs> Um, so then we're led out. Um, and then, so I'm leaving thinking, okay, what that guy looking at me was weird, whatever. Um, then I get a tap on the shoulder. Um, so I'm thinking, what the heck? So I turn around and it's a woman. Um, she's, she's the assistant casting director and she's like, Hey, can you come here for a sec? And I'm just like, Oh, what? (laughs) So so I go over with her and she says, could you sign this piece of paper? Um, we'd like you to come back tomorrow for a line reading, um, for the part. And I'm just like. There was a split second where I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be in Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was just a moment of pure joy of just like, oh, this This is happening. And then it just collapsed. Like, I was like, okay, no, 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 no. So I had to suppress that, like, I suppressed, like, oh my gosh. So I signed the paper. Um, Me and my friends agreed to miss class um, the next day because it was on a Sunday. So we're like, we'll miss class on Monday, whatever. Yeah. I could be in Star Wars. <laughs> so, um, 
she she I put my email address uh, and she emails me like some lines to mm. read. Um, so we go back. We have a friend who lives in Nashville, so we stayed at his house. Um, and so I'm reading these lines, and these lines are terrible. Like they're just they look they they make <laughs> they make uh, Anakin's lines in the prequels look amazing. Like I don't wow. know what they were trying to gauge, <laughs> uh-huh. but, but the lines had nothing to do with Star Wars. They were just like. Hey, what are you doing with that apple? Or like, hey, and like they were just random. It didn't make sense, but it was like you, um, and it said your sister in the dialogue. And here's the thing: I have no acting experience. Like, what I mean, no, like I wasn't even in drama in high school. Uh, like, here's my acting experience: I um, was in a not a school play, but a class play. In high school, I played Julius Caesar when our class elected not to read Julius Caesar, but acted out in front of the class. I played Julius Caesar in a class play. That's it. So I have no acting experience. Um, so I'm reading these lines. I don't know what. Am I just reciting them? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the process of that. So we... Uh, so eventually... I didn't sleep at all. I'm just thinking... Like, I had all these dreams. Like, of, like oh my gosh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be rich and famous. Like, I'm going to be in Star Wars. Um, all You're these just, just like, Jake Scott. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Um, and so... I remember looking on YouTube that night when my buddies were asleep um, and watching uh, the Han Solo audition. Yeah, the audition for him, the audition for Luke, mm-hmm. um, and seeing Mark Hamill read the lines. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, like I'm just like they did it. Like, you're like, <laughs> you're like I can, I can do the next, the next story. <laughs> you know, and, and so I'm thinking like, oh my gosh. So um, I'm trying to keep my idealism at bay, like my excitement at bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we show up the next morning. It's in the same place. Everyone's gone now. There's not 8,000 people now. Uh, so we show up, um, walk in, um, and sign the paper or whatever, uh, and walk into the room. Okay. Now, this room uh, had about about 40 people in it, about 20 guys, 20 girls. Mm-hmm. Um, 20 of the guys looked just like me. Like, it was weird. Uh, so like, weird. yeah. Wow. But here's the thing. They were really, really attractive. <laughs> like, 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 I've never had many homosexual thoughts in my life, but, like, if one of them tried to kiss me, it would have been hard <laughs> to say no. Like, these guys were... Like, it almost wouldn't have been gay. No, no. Like, it was just like, that's just a beautiful person. <laughs> like, they're beautiful guys. Um, uh, and they all looked very similar to me. They were tall, broad shoulders, uh, brown hair, like hazel eyes mm-hmm. um and that was a weird experience because it's never you never get that opportunity to just be like to be put in a group of people that look like you yeah um, you all look like me yeah and we all were kind of thinking that really uh, but we were all nervous so we're all kind of sitting there just like uh but the girls in the room so there's 20 guys 20 girls the girls didn't have a type um hmm. all the girls are different um there were some asian girls a redhead girl a black girl um and just none of them had a type they were tall short um so that was weird how the guys had a type and the girls didn't um, so every one of them has like a portfolio full of headshots and they've been, they've been extras in movies. They've been in commercials and TV shows. And I'm sitting there. I have nothing. nothing. I'm just like, here's. Like I can find a picture on my phone. Yeah. Now. Like I'm like Facebook. Like, and all of them have like are in film school or like they're in like acting stuff. And I'm sitting there. It's like, I like to do improv. For fun? Like, that's my acting. I'm funny in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I knew that I'm like, I'm out of my element. Um, and so I I don't get nervous, but I was getting nervous. Because uh, they were calling us out one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I eventually uh, started talking to the guys more and more, um, and they were all really cool guys. It was just weird being in a group of guys that all looked like me. Uh, so we're called one by one uh, eventually, and so my name was called, um, and I went into the room, um, and there were all these lights. Like it was just a kind of a lobby room. There were all these lights set up, and there were like three different cameras set up. Whoa. And at that point, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I um, they give me the script. Uh, it's I guess it's not script for Star Wars or anything, but they gave yeah. me this crappy script. And mm-hmm. um, the, and the script is the same lines. Yeah, that yeah, I got yeah. emailed to me. And so then the uh, the casting director, um, she had done uh, Batman Begins, uh, Man it, of Steel. So I have the casting director. Mm-hmm. Was it Nina Gold? Yes, okay. yes. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah, and so she um, says, okay, I'm going to play the girl part. And I'm just like, okay. Like, yeah, I'm so, <laughs> okay. And so she starts off and she's acting her butt off like she she makes these lines sound compelling and i'm sitting there like oh my gosh you're like so (laughs) i just tried my best like i don't even remember what i was just like like i can't even imitate it i i just read the lines the best i could did my best like harrison ford impersonation i don't even know Um, i mean that's better than being like she cast a batman begins what do you do with that apple (laughs) yeah like (laughs) clearly that's the time she likes (laughs) so um so then I leave and I'm just like, oh my, I'm just, you know, like, I'm like, I don't know if that was good or bad. <laughs> I've never, so uh, then it was this long, sad process of like my hopes slowly dying mm-hmm. of, of like, okay, maybe I'll get an email. Maybe I'll get another, like, line reading. I don't know. Um, and so there was like two parts of me, like battling of like, okay, this is a possibility. The other part being like, you're not an actor. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I never got another email. Uh, my friends joked with me like, hey, when are you going to be in that next Star Wars movie? Um, and so yeah, I'm spoiler alert. I'm not in uh, the next Star Wars movie. Um, but the guy who was cast, he was eventually cast a few months later. Um, his name is Pip Anderson. Uh, if you want to look him up on IMDb right now, mm-hmm. he looks very similar to me. Um, he was cast out of London. Okay. Um, and he's a British free runner. Um, of all things, I've looked into him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. I know, right? <laughs> and so he, um, he got the part, um, and here's the thing, he's not named... And the girl part was given to Crystal something. Uh, she's an African-American lady from Chicago. Okay. Young girl. Um, uh, both of them, uh, have been cast... But they aren't, they don't have names in episode 7 yet. Oh, weird. Um, so the, I've read a lot into it. And Dead men tell no tales. Actually, I don't know if dead men tell no tales. I haven't talked to a dead man. They might have tales. Like, not T-A-I. Anyway, so here's what happened. Um, Jake finishes story, and the story finishes really strong, and it's great, and it's amazing. But there is something here that might be considered a spoiler. So if you don't want to be spoiled on something that happens in The Force Awakens it, and potentially has an effect on the rest of the franchise, I will say that. Just skip ahead about one minute and you should be fine starting now. Apparently they're going to be the two young Jedi in Episode Eight. Oh, um, so they weren't even casting for Force Awakens. Well, they're going to... They're still in the credits for Force Awakens, so they're okay. going to have, like, a cameo, but they aren't leads by any means. Crystal Clark? Crystal Clark, yeah. Okay. Um, and so they're going to be in, apparently, like, I don't know what's going to happen with the plot or anything, but right. apparently the rumor is Luke is going to start a new Jedi Academy, um, and they're going to be the two first recruits 
that will be kind of the stars of episode eight. Uh, but they'll just have a cameo in Force Awakens. But yeah, so I guess what? I was yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I was in I guess if there were twenty guys at each location, I guess I'd be in like the top sixty um to play that character, which is cool, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a weird experience because I've never done anything like this. Uh, but it was a cool glimpse into like the that casting world. process. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. world of movie making and casting, so that's awesome. Yeah. That might be wow. the best thing that's ever happened on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> that's one of the best moments in podcasts. <laughs> my mind is still blown. Yeah, like, that's an amazing process, story, like... man. <sighs> yeah, wow. it's just something I can tell my kids, like, hey. And it's going to be weird, like, watching this guy act and just joking, like, I could have done it better. Even though yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's no doubt in my mind I could not do it better. <laughs> so like, but I'll always have that. I could have been Or you're going to be that weird uncle at Thanksgiving, like, <laughs> when the kids are watching the new, the new trilogy. Oh, gosh. And you're just 24. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, I was almost in that. Just, like, reliving the glory days. Shut up, Uncle Jake. <laughs> yeah. We've heard this a million times. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's how I was almost in Star Wars. Um, that is, wow. that's an amazing story. Now, yeah, I've never is. heard that beginning to end before. Yeah. Um, my experience with that story was we ran into each other at Target the last time you were in Bakersfield. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you were just like, it was weird. And then we left. <laughs> and uh, I did not know that was that weird. Yo, it was weird. It was super weird. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm, oh, that's so cool. Um. Wow, yeah, I don't know I, what to do. Like, I, I, I don't know if we can recover into talking about the movie after that. Oh, we can't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm I no one. Like, look, at it. it was just a fluke. I think of having that look. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just I kind of feel like if I didn't get pulled in, I kind of would have felt duped. That like they were looking for a specific look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they weren't telling anyone that. Yeah. So yeah. like they got all these people in, and the, and those men in black people just picked out that look. Uh, so, and so anyone who crazy. didn't have that didn't even have a chance. Yeah. And so, but they kind of went out anyway. It was so. kind of like a smoke screen for what they were really looking. Yeah. For. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like that's real deceptive. And I don't know if that's how it goes or probably how it for something as big as Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Say yeah, but something like. Um, I don't know, what's an indie movie that came out this year? Like a Me and Earl and the Dying Girl or oh, something? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that I doubt yeah. would have something that mm-hmm. big, you know? But, um, yeah, I ended up looking and they, they had 67,000 video sub- submissions gosh, for wow. the two parts. Um, wow. Which, yeah, oh, just, just is a testament to how amazing Star Wars is and how yeah. people just would die to be a part of that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Man. Um, Wow. <laughs> I don't even know how to transition. So that's yeah. why I guess you guys wanted me on the show to tell that story. Yes, uh, very much so. Um, yeah. But we're also here to talk about the movie. Um, so you so you actually don't know anything about the movie. I mean, you kind of do. Yeah, people uh, always ask me, like, oh, so what's... what's yeah, so you didn't get to like, read any lines no, from no, the script. No which idea. makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah. Hey, here's a script. Don't show anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that didn't happen. Okay, cool. So, so you're going into it, um, you know, basically just what you what research you've seen on the internet and stuff. Yeah, you've heard and... I, I live with uh, a guy. What's up, Dylan? If you're listening, uh, he just loves predicting things in movies. So he he's read a lot of the expanded universe stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to predict it. He wants mm-hmm. to be the one to be like, I knew, you know, this person was this person's daughter, and right, you know, right. try to predict it. Um, I'm kind of di- like I like that a little bit. Um, I dabble. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Wikipedia, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but but I really um, am looking forward to just being surprised because 
we grew up in like this this is this future that's ahead of us this is going to be a star wars episode 7 universe like we are living like the time is ticking that we we still this magic of we don't know yeah. And I'm just enjoying the whole we don't know. J.J. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abrams does a really good TED Talk. The mystery box. The thing. mystery mm-hmm. box, mm-hmm. where he talks about, Dude, I'm never going to open that box. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the mystery of what is in that box is worth more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I'm just enjoying the magic of, like, oh, my gosh, I get these little glimpses of these trailers, but I have no idea. Like, I'm going to sit in the theater, and I'm going to see the opening crawl. Probably going to tear up. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, um, so, and so, so uh, this is amazing. transitioning into talking specifically about the movie and our expectations for this. This, um, this is what the show was built on. Like, I wasn't like, hey, there's a new Star Wars, I'm going to start a podcast for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and eventually it'll culminate in this. The show's going to keep going past Star Wars. But uh, I, also, this show was built um, as kind of an exploration of expectations. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's before and after. And a lot of people don't mm-hmm. really understand the before part, uh, really at all. Um, you know, I've even had guests tell me, like, why would you do that? And then they come on and they're like, I totally understand yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But the, so the the reason, I think this is, you know, kind of a good movie to kind of give the thesis statement of the show yes. for... It, the reason is because we're all biased, right? Like, mm-hmm. we all go into everything... Yep with a certain perspective mm-hmm. and star wars is i mean it's star wars you know yeah. we dedicated four hours talking to movies we've seen a million times yeah. yes <laughs> and talking to our friends about those movies we've seen a million times and we're at the time you're listening to this if you're listening to this on the day it comes out hours away from that happening uh, at the time yeah. of recording we're days away from that happening mm-hmm. um and, you know, it's, there's, there's a, two things at play. There's one, a beloved franchise <laughs> that we've all grown up with. Mm-hmm. And so already it's hard when they say, we're going to do new ones to not be like, what? This is going to be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And then there is a crazy Disney marketing machine oh, behind yeah. it to an almost toxic degree, I would say. Uh, not that it's going to kill the opening weekend box office. I think we are all pretty much in agreement that it's going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but so so the reason the show exists and the reason we can do a before show is because we want to get those biases out there. We want to be um, honest and transparent in our film criticism. And we also want to see what surprises lay in store. Um, because that's the great thing about expectations is they can always get subverted. Yeah. They can also always get confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> I think probably the second greatest example of this is Jurassic World. There it is. <laughs> One of the first episodes Corey was on. Yeah. And that that uh, that movie, my expectations were, I'm going to hate this, and then I hated it. Yeah. Um, and mine were more like, uh, it's not going to be good, but I'll probably enjoy it to some degree. And that's kind of what mostly happened. Right. And then there are other movies that just kind of take you by surprise. Yeah. Uh, I think um, I think one of the most recent examples I can think of is the movie Housebound we did in our yeah. Halloween episode. Yeah. I, my expectations were like, oh, it's kind of going to be like a goofy, like... Yeah, it'll be like a British, funny, but not really scary movie. Yeah. It's just, yeah it's... Turns out it's from New Zealand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> First off, so we were wrong that it was British. Yes. And it was, it wasn't even that funny, but it was a really, really yeah. good movie. It's a, really good, it's a really good movie. Yeah. And so sometimes you just get those, like, you get caught by surprise. And so 
Star Wars, it's hard to determine where that line is, mm-hmm. right? It's so hard because we have so much invested in this yes. universe and this world of yeah. this franchise. I would argue it's like it's the American myth, you know? Yeah. Like oh, this, yeah, yeah. If, if we yeah. were studied by future cultures, like this would be like, oh yeah, this is Star Wars is just such an intricate part of our culture. Um, and it's it's grown to, to just this huge thing um, yeah. and that's the thing for me uh, I work retail um, mm-hmm. so we move a lot of Star Wars product like a lot yeah um, and it there's a part of there's two parts of me going into this movie um, that are kind of warring um, there's one that's a little kid in me that just wants to see laser swords and mm-hmm. the magic of this universe the other part of me is the hipster kind of cynical like like <laughs> like I see a, a girl like a young girl yeah. wearing like you know an R2D2 shirt um, and this girl, if I asked her who Darth Sidious was, she wouldn't know. Right. And mm-hmm. so the nerd in me, the geek in me, um, is like, no, you're taking that <laughs> from me. Like, like speaking for geekdom, like, you know nothing about this, yet you think you can just wear it? You know, like, you're yeah. not a fan. And, like, that part of me is so cynical about kind of what Disney will do to Star Wars, mm-hmm. like, going forward. That's... Honestly, when they first announced it, I was like, oh, no. Like, Star Wars... And they're going to have annual, like... Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's yeah, going to be Star yeah. Wars episode 30, 38 coming out. And I'm yeah. just like, is that... Oh, I feel like they're going to milk it until it's just dry. Yeah. Uh, but, but then the other part of me, it's like, it's Star Wars. I'll take one every month. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just so excited. So it's that battle, I think especially for geeks, um, mm-hmm. have that kind of, like, we've been here the whole time, you know? And now that, like... <laughs> grandmas and like uh, little little girls um, and like people who you wouldn't think would be have that connection to it are really getting involved mm-hmm. um, so part of the hipster in all of us is like no 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 this is ours like you can't <laughs> come in but then the, the, yeah. the part of us that realized we were like that too yeah. and we came in we all had to start yeah. we all yeah. had to yeah. get involved and so yeah it, it's I have mixed emotions going into it um but in the end, it's a Star Wars movie, and I'm so excited. Like, yeah. like that's that. I think that part, of the hopeful, idealistic, the kid in me is winning, uh, despite with <laughs> with the the cynical hipster. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens after the movie. Yeah, uh, but but I really yeah. And you've made a very bold choice in that you have made plans to see this movie at least twice opening. Yes, yeah, so I'm seeing it uh, the eight. PM release, um, ugh, in 3D, yeah. which bugs me, but that was the only one available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to see it with my dad um, and you guys uh, Saturday morning. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah. So, and I don't want to ruin it for you. The last time I did that with a movie, oh, no. which is, uh, so I was I was working as the, uh, the junior high director at the church that I was working at at the time, and my entire summer series was built around superheroes and and like the kind of the superheroes of the Bible mm-hmm. is what the series was built around. And the culmination was I would teach my last message, and then the next week we would all go see Spider Man Three. Ugh, ugh, ugh! <laughs> oh man, I hate that movie. In hindsight, that is just I just see Peter Parker dancing. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> why do that? I love Spider Man, by the way. And yeah, that, that's that like movie your is thing, like sacrilege. So, uh, me, having just the trailers to go on, and obviously I wasn't as uh, prevalent into the internet at that time, because it, was, it wasn't it was new, but it wasn't, like, 
super common like smartphones yeah. weren't really yeah. a thing when that yeah. came out so I kind of like just basically seen the trailers and I knew I was excited for it one's great two's even better yeah. how could they go Agreed. wrong with yeah. three so what I decide <laughs> is well I know I have to go see this with these junior hires next Wednesday but surely I've seen every other one multiple times in the theater for sure I'm gonna want to see this yeah. one again too I'll just go with my friends Friday night oh, so man. I went with my friends opening night and that movie unfolded in front of us and we were like what is going on? And in the back of my head, it was just screaming, you're going to have to see this a second time. <laughs> You're locked in. It is in. required for you to go see this one more time. Oh. <laughs> that was one of my worst movie-going experiences. I was like, what is happening? I'm here on opening night, and this has failed me on so many levels. <laughs> Yeah, so so that's that's what happened the last time I decided oh, to see a super hyped movie yeah. twice before it was like <laughs> before it was in before the reviews were locked in. Now I don't think you're gonna have that level no, of disappointment no, no, with Force Awakens. No. I would be surprised. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's safe to say that like starting off um, when it was for, like when Disney bought Lucasfilm or LucasArts, I was just like, oh no, um, you know. But then every everything that's been released up until today, has just been helping. It has been helping. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's been like, okay, J.J. Abrams, good. Okay, this, good. Okay, trailer, good. Okay, practical effects, good. You know, like, yeah. and then all of it is like, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay, I, okay. I'm just, it's, it's not really hyping. It's just reassuring. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's in good hands. Yeah. Uh, yes. Which is so important. Because I think the main problem with the prequels is that George Lucas, um, Star Wars had become too big of a thing for one man to have control of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a really good documentary called The People Against George Lucas. I haven't um, seen it, but I understand. It's brilliant. And it, it kind of, it talks about George Lucas being Anakin. Uh, oh, okay. and, and really like starting off as this renegade um, uh, film student and like yeah. wanting to change the rules and doing that, but then becoming what he most hated the most with the, you know, all the corporate stuff um and the toy sales and all that stuff he kind of mm-hmm. turned to the dark side i guess of hollywood um uh, and and you see that like he had too much creative control mm. um so i love seeing that like okay each one of these is going to have a different director um mm-hmm. i really like seeing just the broad creative scope because we realize that george lucas has kind of been like okay this is everyone's now like now mm. disney owns it <laughs> But Disney is kind of like our culture storytelling engine, I yeah. guess, for this. Yeah. So, so now it's going to be, um, I guess, the, the responsibility is going to be divvied up. Um, and we're going to see different directors and different takes, but it's still going to have that Star Wars heart. Um, so I'm reassured more than anything mm-hmm. that it's in good hands. Yeah, and I think there's there's a couple things to talk about with uh, the amount of creative control that George had. Um, the first being, when does a piece of art stop being the artists and start oh being the publics? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second is, uh, filmmaking in particular, um, as an art form, is very collaborative, mm-hmm. and he kind of took that away. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he was he was the only person in charge with everything. Yeah. And um, so so I, I think it's it's a twofold problem if you want to get into that. Um, you know, I very much defended the prequels. Um, but I think if you want to look at the source of the problems, I do think that he very much surrounded himself with 
one yes man and two himself mm -hmm. um to the point where he created this sort of mini empire that yeah. led him to fall into the things that people hate about yeah. the prequels mm -hmm. um and two like it, like i said uh, at what point is that no longer his to make the decision with and what at what point does it belong to us as the fans yeah that's know? so hard yeah it is the documentary poses the question they say if leonardo da vinci he did the sistine chapel right Michelangelo. Michelangelo. If Michelangelo came back in a DeLorean and just shows up at the Sistine Chapel and starts changing things on it, would we let him do that? Yeah. You know, because yeah. he did that. That's his art. But is he allowed to change it after all these, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's kind of the question. It's so tough of like ownership of art and ownership of culture. Yeah. And if something becomes bigger than what it was intended, like who owns this yeah. part of our culture, it's so complicated. There's yeah. no right answers. It's really yeah. difficult. But yeah, there's yeah. I think there's a very strong argument mm. to be made for like the changes he made to even the special editions. Like, mm. well, it's his. Like, yeah. why not let him do what he wants yeah. with his artwork? Like, you can like him or hate him, but like He's you don't a, get yeah. a say, man. <laughs> yeah. Like your name isn't on the credits. Yeah. Somebody, yeah, like, it's like it's his. Yeah. Man. But then at the same time, it's like, no, this is what I grew up with. Like this this not only is this a part of uh, our culture at large, this is a part of who I am as an individual, mm -hmm. you know? And whether that's, um, that's I decided to get into filmmaking because of Star Wars. Yeah. I decided to become a writer because of Star Wars. I decided to become an actor. I decided to become a film critic. Like that, like that franchise, if you're a fan, plays a huge part. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like there are no casual fans of Star Wars. No, yeah. It really is an infectious thing. Like, once you get, it's like, I'm... I love Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. Everyone has a position once you get, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why there's four hours of podcasting with yes. five interviews <laughs> yep. uh, from, from six movies that we've seen a million times, mm -hmm. you know, because everyone has their own stuff coming into it. So coming into episode seven, what are we thinking? Um, Corey, I guess we'll start with you. Like, <laughs> You know, we, we, we've had two years where we've been inundated with updates and announcements and um, things like that. And I, I know there's a larger conversation to be had in <laughs> that we're going to start getting this stuff annually um, <laughs> in various spinoffs and prequels and that, uh, that stuff me, like that. But, but just <clears throat> just talking about what we're about to experience in these few short hours or days. Yes. Whenever you see it. Um, so what are you what are you thinking? I, I'm excited, first off, and I feel like I have a position that might be kind of divisive, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, I'm, I'm really excited that a lot of the things are looking like the original trilogy, so the practical effects, where we have, like, the three main original cast members back. It was like, when that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is... This is has some like weight behind this. This is like legitimate, mm -hmm. and um, I'm all on board for that. That's really exciting. But I'm also one of those people who I I I love nostalgia and it's fun and whatever. But I want a new take on this universe. I love seeing that they have all the old people back and like all some of the settings and stuff like that. But I want the story to move forward. And so I'm kind of in the camp of like, I think in coming back and kind of like re like you know kind of like restarting Star Wars. It's like yeah, they had to have Harrison Ford, they had to have Mark Hamill. You know, they had to have those people back. Mm -hmm. But I don't want them to be the main focus of this film. They need to be there, and they. I think it's good. Like this is gonna be like the connection point. But I really want this film to give us new 
things, new ideas, like give us kind of like a different story. There's a lot of fan theories and I don't know if we're going to get into that tonight, but I don't necessarily just want like a rehash of the original trilogy, like a lot of those things. I don't want that. I want some new stuff. I want to cover new ground. And like I said, I feel like there's a lot of people I've talked to who even like kind of, they don't maybe like understand but intrinsically there's a lot of like this kind of like nostalgia hugging going on yeah. like i want what i want what i felt when i watched these movies and i want to to feel that and know the characters and stuff like that and i i get some of that i saw a tv spot the other day on youtube and like you know it was just like han for like five seconds and i was just like oh my gosh it's awesome yeah han's back but as much as i love that i don't want the film just to be that I want it to like, okay, it has aspects of that, but I want it to push the universe and the world and the story forward. I want these new characters. I want to, us to see different settings and situations that we haven't seen before in a Star Wars movie. And yeah, there might be like themes that, oh yeah, that was kind of in like Empire, or Return of the Jedi, but I want just like, I want newness overall in the universe. I want it to be done well with like the caliber we saw in the original trilogy. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of like where I'm sitting. Like, I'm super excited, but I want some new stuff. I don't just want like a rehash of what we've seen before. Corey just made the best argument for the prequels that I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of not joking. I, I think a lot of people have hangups on the prequels. Like, there are certain things, yes, that are bad. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are like, this isn't the Star Wars I know. This isn't the original trilogy, therefore it's bad. Mm -hmm. Which is a terrible way to approach film uh, analysis. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't do that. And that's um, why I concede a lot on, you know, it's like, I don't like the prequels overall, but, like, I'm not just gonna, like, hate on them unnecessarily because of all the things I just said, because they did pioneer a lot of new things and it did expand the universe and it did push things forward, whether or not like some of the creative choices worked. And like, as I've expressed in like the past episodes, I don't think a lot of those did for certain films for me and maybe like at large, but yeah, yeah, I'm very much of like, I want this film to do something different. Mm -hmm. And and that's the thing about nostalgia is because <laughs> nostalgia is great when it's booster like when it's bolstering a plot mm. but when the plot relies on said nostalgia it just breaks stop <laughs> looking at me I'm like that say it. <laughs> what's happening Jurassic here? World oh yeah yeah a lot of that you just when it relies on like when the engine is is fueled by nostalgia juice yeah uh, it, it breaks down um, but when you have, you know, like, nostalgia paint on the side, I don't know why I'm using an automobile metaphor, but, but when you have, like, paint on the side that isn't nostalgic yeah. or something like that, then it just makes it better. Yep. Um, but you can't rely on it. Like, mm -hmm. if you take all the nostalgia out and just have the core, if there's nothing really left of value, then that's not good. And that's, that's what I don't thing. want to happen yeah. with this movie. And I, I feel like it's not going to be, and I feel like they're positioning things in the right way where we're going to be kind of, like, like lightly like surrounded by nostalgia but there's going to be something at the core and I, and it's a smart choice because it's like new characters new plot new kind of setting for things but give us something familiar so people kind of who are like you know like diehard fans like us we have like a hook back into the universe mm -hmm. and like for people who've never really gotten into star wars it's like you know they have a good like starting point too but yeah, I, I, I want I want it to be something different that moves us forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> I think I think we do have kind of um, a new story that's colored in on the edges 
by nostalgia. And I think one of the best examples of that is the 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 newest trailer where Han is saying like, you know, Jedi and the Force. It's all that's all real. It's all true. Oh, so good. Yes, so but good. so what happens is we see one a character we're familiar with. But we get something new from that character. We yeah. get something we've never seen. He's 30 yeah. years. From that guy. Yeah. yeah. Because he was, you know, uh, what was it? Hokey religions and ancient beliefs. Or nothing or compared to, to a good blaster yeah. by your side. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I botched the line, so yell at me, nerds. But <laughs> I, I, you know, so we're seeing something new even in these characters that are built around nostalgia. Yes. That being said, I kind of want these characters out of the movie by the end of episode seven. Yeah, that's kind of um, I don't necessarily want them around for eight and nine. Um and if so, I want them to be have an maybe an even more diminished part than they have yes. in seven. Um, I do think that the ultimate survival of this franchise, uh, of just the the episode uh, movies, let alone you know the spinoffs and stuff, just the episodic movies rely on bringing in new blood. I think, yes. um, you know, um, having new people take up these mantles and. And kind of playing around with who who gets to do what in the universe is essential to making this return to the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. for what is for sure going to be the long term mm-hmm. um, work. You know, as long as they're telling fresh stories, I don't mind. And it, you know, say what you will about Marvel, I think they still are telling fresh stories for the most part. I think they're still finding new. Um, nooks and crannies to, to sort of mm-hmm. explore in the films. Which is hard with other lore. It yeah. really is hard to yeah. find, pick out new things <laughs> and, and expose those. Right. But I think Star Wars is just rich with that. Oh, you know? the, yeah. the universe is so big. Like, and yes. that's one thing, like, I, uh, I, I'm a dungeon master. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing we did, a really cool thing we did was, uh, is called uh, What If Luke Missed? And it's a Star Wars D&D where... Episode four happens and Luke misses. Oh, and the Death Star doesn't blow up, and so you basically take over as so Han dies, Chewie dies, Leia dies, like everyone dies, and so you're kind of the new main characters of the Rebel like Alliance, and you mm-hmm. have to. It's just really fun, but but anyway, like I so I love uh, the Star Wars uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's called uh, Force and Destiny. Yeah, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and. There's just so much in the Star Wars universe, yeah. whether it's added by Lucas or by people later on. But like all the planets, there's just rich lore to every, mm-hmm. just thousands yeah. of planets. Yeah, oh, and it's just huge. There's a smaller audience for that, so you can play around with that a lot more yeah. in the films. The way mm. like Marvel has is kind of limited by the, how dedicated the fans are to that. Yeah, lore. yeah. yeah. Um, the amount of people dedicated to the expanded universe Star Wars lore, <laughs> not yeah. nearly as big as Marvel fans. Mm. So <laughs> there's, I think there's there's stuff that they can mine that's really good oh Um, yeah so now that we're done talking uh very esoterically uh, about (laughs) star wars let's get into specifics what what are some specific things that are exciting you um about star wars episode seven we'll start with you okay yeah so oscar isaac um is one of my favorite actors he's incredible he's great (laughs) like inside lewin davis Mm -hmm. by the coen brothers he's brilliant in that he's the bad guy in drive um, and then he's, 
I think he's Little John in the Robin Hood remake with Russell Crowe. Really? Yeah. I didn't know um, that. I haven't seen it. And so, mm-hmm. no, he's not Little John. He's King Richard. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, but he, I really, like, I'm in love with him, man crush on him. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, see, I'm really excited for his character of Poe Dameron, which is the most Star Warsy name. Like, yeah. <laughs> Poe Dameron. Like, it it's, feels it's, like they got it from a Star Wars name generator. It does. It yeah. really does. And that's perfect. I'm okay with that. Uh, but, like, seeing him in the trailers... Um, I bought the Lego set for him. <laughs> like, I, I had to do it. Um, and so, like, playing with his X-Wing and, like, seeing him in the trailers, like, we got a lot of company. Like, just, he just seems so cool. He, and, yes. and and I'm really excited, because uh, someone mentioned um, that the three main characters of Poe Dameron, um, Ray, and Finn are all kind of um, reversals of uh, Luke, Leia, and Han. Mm-hmm. Because Poe is... Uh, kind of this snarky um, guy, like pilot, but he's part of like the military. He's not, you know, a smuggler on the outside. Um, then you have Finn, who's like the going to be the lead, but he's um, defecting from the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, Ray, who doesn't come from royalty at all, but comes from the exact opposite. Um, so I think we're going to get a lot of diverse um, character interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, Poe specifically, I'm just really excited. Uh, to see how cool his character is because that's something that's hard to nail is like someone being as like Han Solo is just the epitome yeah. of cool like he can say anything he's like yeah that's Han Solo he's cool uh, so I, I hope Poe is that type of character um, it's just fun to watch uh, he's such a good actor um, so I think Poe Dameron is kind of the character I'm looking forward to the most Probably because I own his Lego minifigure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and that is another weird thing like I own a toy of something that I have no idea. Like, I don't know if he could be a jerk. Like, he could be a terrible person. Yeah. He could be the villain. I don't know. Uh, but but I have many figures, so I hope not. But, yeah. Like, I, I totally get that, because I a little bit hope BB-8 sucks. Like, <laughs> I don't. I what? don't. No, but also, it would make me a little bit happy if he's just, like, one of the worst, like, worse than Jar Jar. And everyone no. has Yeah, because, like, everyone has, like, everyone's, like, got BB-8 mania right now. Yeah, they do. So I think it would be just amazing if it was just, like, one of the worst characters ever. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't know. That'd be really hard to do. To yes. make an unlikable orange soccer ball real yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Oh, no, I'm for sure that's not going to happen. <laughs> no. But if it, like, if he's just, like, super racist or something, <laughs> like, that would, I would just be like, ha <laughs> You guys bought a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, what what else you got, like, characters-wise? I'm, um, what's his name? Um, Kylo Ren? Uh, no, what, uh, he, bo- uh, Prominent facial actor, he's in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Yeah. I'm really excited for his character. I read the Entertainment Weekly thing. Hey, everyone. Um, I This isn't really a spoiler, what Jake's about to say, but it might be. I know some people get weird about, like, oh, well, the character hasn't been in the marketing materials, therefore um, it's a spoiler, and so I don't even want to know the character's name. So, one, stop that, because it's kind of dumb. It, but if you are one of those people... This might be a spoiler, so skip ahead maybe about 30 seconds and you should be all right. Okay, cool. Um, the, the interview he had, and he's playing like a 30 foot tall like snake alien. Um, that he's, that he's, uh... Yeah, they haven't, like, fully disclosed, like, yeah. Yeah. who he is. Yeah, yeah. but his name's, it seems like Grand Supreme General Snoke yeah. or something. Snoke, yeah. Snoke, yeah. And, and so he's uh, doing the motion capture for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I just, oh. 
like I just it's that mystery box right like yeah. I have no yeah. idea what it's gonna be like that's exciting yeah and it's I'm really excited to see what he does because he's brilliant like yeah, he's yeah. so good uh, so yeah. I wanna, I'm really looking forward to that yeah too. I hope he's just a few performances away from winning an Oscar oh <sighs> he deserves it yeah yeah um, for me, you stole my answer. It's Poe Dameron. I, that oh, really? Looks really? so cool. Yeah. Han's my favorite character in the Star Wars universe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, Poe looks like new Han, right? Yeah. Like, he just looks like a cool guy. And <laughs> we... <laughs> and, uh, we, uh... <laughs> that's another Jurassic World callback. I'm actually uh, about to get into that. Chris Pratt is, like, he's, he's like, a cool, cool guy. guy. Quote in air quotes in Jurassic World, but like he's like like the worst cool guy ever. He's yeah. not real. Yeah, he's yeah. not like a real person. He, he's just literally just everything he does is cool. Yeah, it's like is this cool? Is this cool? Is this cool? Put it into it. Yeah, all together. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that's the cool character we've had this year, and I hate him. So <laughs> I want like a cool character that I love, and I think Poe Dameron is it. I have not bought his Funko Pop yet, and I oh, want it really bad yeah. because I want to make sure he doesn't suck. The only Funko we have. Gamble. Yeah, the only fun coat we have from Force Awakens is C-3PO with a little red arm. I don't know what that's about, but it's it's C-3PO, and that's because he's been in all six, so I know he's not going to suck. Yeah. And and that's the interesting thing. Like, like there's little things that just keep intriguing me. Like, uh, the C-3PO with the red arm. It's like, yeah. what? How? What? There's yeah. a story behind that. Yes. Even on the Funko Pop uh, of Poe Dameron, there's a little scratch on his cheek. Oh. And I see that. I'm like, what is that? Why is that there? What? That's going to happen. He's going to, like, what? You know, like, there are little details that, like, you see, of you catch, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, how is that going to happen? And it just it just adds to the mystery and the excitement and the hype. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what about you, Corey? I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of you two guys. Um, very similar, like, with, we're talking about characters specifically. I'm really excited for, Jake, you kind of mentioned it, I'm kind of excited for, like, the subversion of, like, kind of the character roles, like you were talking about. Just seeing, like, man, I'm just so excited for, like, seeing, like, Ray and Finn and just how they're going to, because I feel like, you know, that they're going to be character archetypes, but they're coming out of, like, different things that we haven't seen necessarily, like, in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, someone defecting from you know, the Empire, the First Order. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, Ray's kind of, like, this scavenger person. I like that. I'm really excited about Kylo Ren. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I There's so many theories about him, and... Not what? On the fence? No, no, see, no, here. Because what what we've gotten, <laughs> what we've gotten so far, is that I don't think he's going to be the big bad of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I... I, you know, I think he's related to the main characters in some way, and I'm not going to super speculate, but, like, how awesome would it be to, to see a story kind of, like, come out of him in a different way that we haven't gotten yet in the Star Wars universe? Like, what if he ended up, like, because he's not technically a Sith, he's just kind of this, like, obsessive person, like, almost to this kind of, like, cult-like level following the Sith. What if we got to see, like, you know, in this trilogy, him get redeemed or something. Yeah. There's, like, so much potential. And he so and he's not a Sith and he's not a Jedi, but he can clearly use the Force. And, like, how is that going to fit in? There's a lot of creative potential with characters mm-hmm. like him or, like, Captain Phasma. Yeah. I hope she's oh, awesome. Yeah. I really hope she's awesome. I don't want him to be another Boba Fett or a Jango Fett, <laughs> where it's just, like, throwaway kill. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of the characters like that that I'm really stoked for. I mean, I'm excited to see all the returning characters, but again, this goes back to like my first point. I really want them to push and try new things, and they have 
the setup, the I, the potential energy I can see from like these characters and this story is so much, and I guess like kind of my biggest fear is like I I I don't want them to have all this energy, this potential energy, and then like none of it go anywhere. Yeah, I think Kylo Ren is super interesting. Um, in watching, I think the first like, full trailer, uh, me and my fiance, if you haven't told. To, if you can't tell already, my, my fiance is a very emotional person. Uh, so when we uh, when we watched it, it shows Darth Vader's helmet, like the mm-hmm. melted, yeah. um, post uh, bear, like burning, uh, and he says, "You know, I will finish what you started." Um, and he, I don't know why I sound kind of like Sean Connery there, uh, like Bane. <laughs> but, uh, but she saw that and she realized she was like, "Oh my gosh, no one knows." Yes, that Darth Vader was redeemed. Luke is like, the only one who knows Luke that. Luke is the only one, and she just started crying. Because cause she's just like, oh my gosh, like this isn't a galaxy-wide thing. Like they didn't say, oh, Vader turned good. Everyone still has that idea of that They just were like, person. you know, he... The that just start, blew my mind. The Death Star got blown up and, and know, I didn't catch people it. don't know what... Yeah, my and, fiance caught that. Like she was just like, that that did this not guy is such a fanatic. He went and like dug up Vader's body, essentially, like pulled the yeah. the helmet out of. Uh. And for all he knows, yeah, Luke killed him, and just he he's you know still evil. He died trying to win for the dark side. Oh my and, gosh! And, you oh. just sold me on Kylo Ren. See, yeah. that's that's the type of potential, and that he's not technically a Sith, but he's like obsessed with them. I'm like, they could do a lot with this. Yeah, there could be such a rich story with like we haven't. It's always been Jedi and Sith. We have never really had like an in between, and so I'm I'm super excited about his. Well, character. and mm-hmm. like that character, there's more of a gray area with him than there is any other villain in Star Wars now, because like you said, he he's been re- like he doesn't know Darth Vader was redeemed. Like yeah. he doesn't know that Darth Vader knows that what he was doing was wrong oh, anymore. Yeah. You know, he's just like this guy, like. You know, almost if someone was obsessed with Hitler and, like, didn't... And, like, Hitler did defect at the end and was like, oh, what, everything I did was wrong. wrong yeah. And he didn't know that. And he just, just like... this evil thing. Yeah, and he just was like, oh, I'm gonna do, like, Hitler again, you know? <laughs> and, oh my gosh, that just, that totally sold me on Kylo Ren. <laughs> just, I really like villains that are misguided rather yes. than straight up evil. Yeah. And, um... And they've said in interviews, uh, Adam Driver... Yeah. That he said, he's like, he, what he, he thinks what he's doing is right. He's kind of like a misguided kind of, like, fanatic. Crusader, right. yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's, you know, the most interesting villains are the heroes of their own story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. So, uh, probably <laughs> one last thing I want to touch on because we have to end it somewhere, and I feel like we could be here all night if oh, we absolutely. don't. Yeah, um, because the hype is very real. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that, like, we haven't really had to go out and be like, we're excited because it's Star Wars and we're obviously Yeah. Excited. Um, so what do you guys think about JJ being at the helm? Um, I was, I would, it was, it wasn't really a hype thing. Like I said earlier, it was kind of just a reassurance thing. Mm. Like, I was just like, okay, um, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, so, you know, seeing Star Trek, I really liked the first Star Trek, um, Second one, not so much. And according <laughs> nope. to what you said about the third trailer, I'm not hopeful for <laughs> cool, third. But but like I really liked what he did of honoring all of the past of that franchise, but still making it a very unique, coherent, original thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, it's more of like a, a trust thing. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I'm just kind of confident it's in good hands. 
Um, not really. I'm not like a huge J.J. Abrams fan. Besides that TED talk, which is like one of my favorite TED talks, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm just more reassured. I'm confident that's going to be it's in good hands. Okay. Is there anything specifically about J.J.'s uh, hands in it that you're looking forward to? Not really. I mean, I haven't. Um, no, no, not really. I just, I just, it's more of like a trust thing um, that that I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. Um, if they would have said uh, Michael Bay uh, was directing it, it red flags would uh, would have yeah. shot up immediately. Um, and yeah. so, and so, none, none of that. There's no red flags, no really green flags. Just kind of like, okay, that's okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, we we talked about this with a previous guest, Mike. Yeah, way. most of that got cut out. Uh, so. um, but uh, I think J.J. has a good movie in him. And I like the first Star Trek. I really disliked Into Darkness. It was horrible. I like Super 8. I love that movie. Oh, my gosh, um, yeah. and But I would agree. Um, and, you know, like, Mike had mentioned this a lot. And I think you and I have talked about some, like... I feel like in that movie in Super 8, he does some things where it's like it's, he's clearly paying homage to like, oh, this is like very Spielberg to do it in this shot, in this shot. But he doesn't necessarily know like why it works. I feel like he has a good handle on like the camera and doing stuff, but it's not he's, he's kind of like, and now I have to put this scene in here, this type of shot, because that's what they would have done. He's just following a Spielberg recipe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's learned. He's learned from his movies. And like like you were talking about, Jake, I feel like he... He's do, he's making choices that seem like very good to me of like okay let's get the original cast back on board and let's get the right people involved and I'm not gonna be like you know this kind of crazy amount of tight control on this bring other people in hear their ideas and so all of those things to say like I think I'm leaning a lot more towards like I think this is gonna be awesome I think this is gonna be great I'm not really. I, I don't know, I guess cautiously optimistic is what I've said in the past, but I don't feel like this is going to be like a huge like swing and a miss, mm-hmm. honestly. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty on board with J.J. doing this. I don't like love him as a director, but I don't really have like a, you know, burning hate for the films he's produced. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard the theory of J.J. Uh, Abrams and why uh, the last Indiana Jones, The Crystal Skull, uh, was one of the most important movies ever made. No. Uh, okay, so apparently that was where George Lucas decided he was going to retire from mm-hmm. filmmaking um, with Spielberg, because they were both producers on that. Yeah, well, um, Spielberg directed it. Yeah, Spielberg directed it. Yeah, and he was a producer. And so uh, that is when they agreed, apparently, uh, to start making Super 8. Um, and George Lucas said to Spielberg, I want to find someone to give Star Wars to. Um, oh, and, and so oh. that Super 8 was apparently a tryout for J.J. Abrams to direct Star Wars Episode 7. Because Spielberg produced Super 8. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so apparently Lucas told Spielberg, like, I want to know if J.J. is the guy for this. Um, and so, because if you meet, if you notice, like, when Disney buys Lucasfilm, like, J.J. was announced immediately yeah. Uh, yeah. as the director. Well, he uh, was the first person everyone said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so that... Is really interesting to me how him kind of dealing with retirement in uh, the last Indiana Jones, which I did not like at all, uh, but him, <laughs> de- him dealing with that, you know, I have to give this to someone. Like I'm gonna, I cannot keep doing this, um, and and seeing how JJ kind of accepted the call, um, nailed Super Eight and great movie. Yeah. Um, and now <clears throat> he's taking up the reins on this. Yeah, I, I really, I'm with you on this. Like 
I really and it's like what you said too in the first Star Trek he's very good at like kind of paying homage to what came Mm -hmm. before it but then still creating something new which is so hard which is so hard like we just think oh yeah give us something new but give us something old same time like that's really especially at this this type of level oh gosh I can't even imagine like being like, okay, this is like America's. Like, myth. I wonder how many oh. years are off JJ's life now, just, <gasps> just dealing stress. with the pressure yeah. of oh. having to like take up the mantle of stuff. I mean, that's why a lot of these big type of movies is just like I feel like they just they get lost in all the stuff. And this isn't like in defense of Jurassic World, but I mean, that's a lot of <laughs> why it came up a lot this episode. <laughs> it's like our second favorite movie, everybody. <laughs> oh. No, no, no. Anyway, what? Uh, yeah, so I, I feel like a lot of when you're operating at this type of level, it can be really easy for a film like that to get lost. And I feel like J.J. has done a good job from everything that we've seen that he hasn't really, like, gotten lost in all the, like, you know, you start seeing, like, trailers and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. And then you start seeing TV spots that, like, give everything away. That hasn't really happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, uh, two things. One, um, to address that that sort of comparison you made to... Jurassic World and and why it's so hard to ride that line. Mm-hmm. If there's anything we learned, it's that you don't really need to ride that line very hard because butts still go in seats. Yeah, yeah. right. And it's got the title. It's and, got the title, and that's what gets them in the seats. And yep. that's what gets people in seats. Mm-hmm. And because we went to go see Jurassic World together, we had to switch our showing at ten yeah, in the morning because it, it was sold out. Oh. It was the most packed I've seen yeah. a theater in. Year. We got wow. caught off guard big time. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I could not believe the records that movie set, yeah. and it's just because it had a Jurassic in front of it. Yeah, you yep. know, yep. and they clearly knew to rely on that <laughs> and prey <laughs> on people's <laughs> expectations <laughs> and pander directly. Calm to down, MJ. Calm down. <laughs> and and pander directly to what they knew people would be like. Hey, I remember, like, just like I remember that thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that, and so it's so hard to ride that. And it's so easy to get caught up and corrupted by that to just mm-hmm. be like, oh, they'll just know it because it's that. Yeah. So we don't need to try. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I think I think it's, it's it's very interesting to me that these two movies came out in the same year because I think they're um, intrinsically at odds with each other on how to approach that subject. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it. So that and then um, with JJ at the helm, I remember when. It was announced like Lucasfilm was bought by Disney. Everyone's first thought was JJ. Um, everyone said JJ Abrams. I was like kind of hipster about it. I still kind of am. <laughs> I think he'll do fine. I think he'll do great. Actually, I think he's a good director. Um, I, I like him as a person. He seems like a very likable guy. Yeah. He seems enthusiastic about the material he takes on, even if he doesn't necessarily. Um, do it justice, like a Star Trek in the Darkness. I do not like that movie at all. I no. kind of hate that movie. <laughs> but I do think he was still enthusiastic about being in that universe. Like, I don't think he phoned it in necessarily. I just think he made weird choices. Um, Super 8 is a movie I love. Uh, oh, that was yeah. my favorite movie the year it came out. Um, there's one of my favorite uh, non-Spielberg, even though it's just basically, it might as well be a Spielberg moment. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite non-Spielberg moments involving children is in that movie when they're showing the home movies and um he's telling the story of how his mom died oh yeah oh, yeah and 
the way he frames it is so perfect because he's got both kids in the shot and he's got the main character kid in the front of the shot and then Elle Fanning in the background and he's telling the story about his mom dying and she's crying in the background. So you get the conversation and the reaction in the same frame and it hits so much harder mm. because you're not going to like over the shoulder shot of the kid, over the shoulder shot of the girl, over the shoulder yeah, shot of the boy. Choppy, yeah. yeah, so you get it all in one unbroken frame and yeah. it just like... It messed with me when I saw that in the theater. So I think he's a very um, capable guy. I just thought he was a very safe choice. Mm. And if there's anything that Star Wars has not been, is safe. Mm. Um, you know, going into it, you know, Lucas and Spielberg are basically new kids on the block, straight out of film school, give us a bunch of money to go to free in Tunisia and throw dudes in metal costumes and run around for, you know, yeah. <laughs> eight months, go horrendously over budget, have people die on set, um, <laughs> you know, and then come back uh, almost 20 years later and go, okay, I'm going to tell you what happened, what led up to this. And instead of going back and just redoing that, I'm going to tell you a political story. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it as realistic as possible. I'm going to tell you exactly how this went down if this were, like, real life, basically. Mm -hmm. And almost any other creator would have just been like, oh, it's the same thing with new with these characters that you've kind of heard of. Yeah. Um, and so, so I just thought, like, he's a very inside-the-box choice. Uh, that's not necessarily bad. There's nothing wrong with that. I just would have liked to have seen maybe someone else uh take it over and we do have kind of outside the box choices that i'm not particularly excited about with uh episode eight and nine specifically colin trevorrow <laughs> doing episode nine oh, he's yeah. back isn't it? <laughs> man but, but ryan johnson i'm a huge fan of i do um, like him i think he's looper is one of my favorite movies i think he <laughs> so, might be a little oh. too dark Oh, but see, if you look at Maybe like episode five, five, five was five dark. Is super dark. And they're yeah. gonna parallel the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, yeah. But so uh, one of the things, the specific things I'm super excited about JJ doing is all the space stuff. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I think these these shots that we've seen of the X wings flying around. Oh my just gosh! Just so cool. Yeah. Nuts. Like yeah. I mean, like Star Wars is an all timer as far as space stuff goes mm -hmm. in space cinematography uh. and especially action in space mm -hmm. but i mean this looks like jj's doubled down on it like there's just technology at his disposal that george lucas didn't have yeah and the way he's using it is seems so perfect yes and oh, yeah. the way he's blending his own sensibilities which admittedly he doesn't really have his own clear voice he very much apes the people he loves which i think is going to help him in this movie yeah yeah um but some of the things that he does well uh, are very much from the modern school of filmmaking and he does this cool um it, I, i've heard it referred to as the snap zoom where it's kind of like the camera's floating through space and then it just like it kind of pans past the thing and then snaps back to it and zooms in on it yeah. as it's like floating through space oh, yeah. there's that scene of the millennium falcon flying through like the wreckage of the surge yes, or whatever yes, with the tie yeah, fighter yeah and that oh, like yeah. it like pans and then snaps and zooms into it and yeah. you see it like dodging the tie fighter. it's so cool and so i think he's gonna do um I hope he doesn't get too, like, excited about that, because he tends to, when he gets excited, he does that stuff a lot. Lens flare. Yeah. <laughs> lens flare. The lens flares. But he learned. He learned. He, <laughs> he learned. did learn. He did learn. Um, so, you know, there, that I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to see how he handles space stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think he, he will be very good at, at carrying that torch along. I just, you know, um, he's, he's a very safe choice. And so... As a safe choice, he's very reassuring. He makes mm -hmm. it makes me feel like it's in capable hands, mm -hmm. um, and it, it 
may not seem like he's taking a bunch of risks, but he might be. The thing is, we don't know enough yeah. about it yet to know. Yeah. So maybe he is taking a bunch of risks and we just haven't seen it yet. I think a big risk was um, casting Max von Sydow. I mean, the oh, dude's yeah. in his 80s and yeah. we don't know who the hell he is. Yeah. We have no idea who I that think they just released the name on IMDb. Really? Like, even then, like... <laughs> It's like some Star Warsy name. It's yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. have no yeah, idea. Yeah. Like, we don't know if he's a villain. We don't know if he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. We have no idea who Max von Sydow is. So Gosh. there's stuff like that that, like, I think he's done a very good job of of um, taking his mystery box thing, and I do like it. But I think he's been annoying with it in the past. Con. <laughs> it's not um, con. <laughs> I promise, guys. It's not con. <laughs> um, I think he's done a good job of like learning that, like, hey, you know what's not in the mystery box? Lies. Um, and, and sort of just doing. <laughs> <laughs> just giving us a mystery and not a lie. Um, yeah. You know, not right, outright deceiving us. Because I still have a chip on my shoulder about that from uh, Into Darkness. And You guys can't tell what MJ's shaking his fist angrily. Abrams! <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so that's what I'm excited about with JJ uh, b- behind the, the helm. I think he's he's grown a lot and I think he's learned from his mistakes. Yeah. And I think he's he's primed and ready to go. This is going to be the movie. I think it is. I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. It, <laughs> man, it seems like it. And I think that um, because, like I said, the show was all about expectation management, I'm just expecting it to be a good movie. If it's great, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. But as long as it's good, I'm going to be totally satisfied by it. Yeah. Um, I hope it's very much worthy to carry the Star Wars name. It looks like it so far. I really am interested to see the reaction of people. Yeah, um, because I really there are people who have given themselves over completely to the hype train. Yep, and I think they're going to come out disappointed. Uh, yeah. Well, it's when like it, when it saying, reaches that level, it's impossible. <clears throat> yeah, it's like you were saying earlier. People, we've got into like such this polarized culture now with like. It's either it has to be the best thing ever or it sucks. There can't, it can't just be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, that was a good You know, movie. that was yeah. like an A movie. No, it has to be A, like, triple plus, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I think there's still room for, like, you know, I like A movies. A yeah. movies are good. It doesn't yeah. always have to be, like, A triple plus all the time. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of the year is probably an A movie, Man from Uncle. Like, it's not an A triple I plus. I love that movie, yeah. But that movie's <laughs> incredible. I it's, loved that movie. It's great, yeah. yeah. I went in think I went in with low expectations. I'm like, this is going to be garbage. It looks kind of... <laughs> but then I saw it, I was like, wow. And, you know, it wasn't like, that's the best thing I've ever seen, but it was yeah. like, mm-hmm. that was a good movie. It's in my and top I'm ten. glad I saw it. You it's know? in my top yeah. ten for the year. Like, really, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and that's the thing, like, managing the hype, because with this scene, yeah. it just bubbles over and just it explodes, and, and I, yeah, I feel, I mean, you see it in um, episode one, um, you know, I was so young, but, like, seeing footage of people waiting in line for that movie, yeah. holding double-bladed lightsabers, just, and, and they're just like, this will be the best thing ever, I've seen the trailers, it can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, and seeing the reactions after, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, I really am just... A small part of me, again, that cynical side, is just terrified of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to leave the theater, like, oh, no. Like, that's not Star Wars. Yeah, but but the other, the child is like, yeah, this can be amazing. Like, so it's, yeah. it's that weird balance of hype and trying yeah. to keep the uh, realistic expectations yeah. going in. And I don't think it's going to be a bad movie. I think it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, so I, I think hope so it's too. better than good. Same. That's, yeah, that's my too. expectation. Is like, I, I expect it to be good. I hope it's better than good. And yeah. people but can I see don't past think yeah, the nostalgia of like, it has to be like the original three. Yeah. Yeah. It has can... to be the most epic thing ever. Yeah, like, people it can doesn't. get past that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, oh, wow. I think 
we're going to end it there. Yeah. Um, because if we go on too much longer, um, our heads will explode. Yes. We've just talked about Star Wars so much, Corey. I know. Uh, it's been great. Last, it's been my life this last <laughs> couple weeks. It's like, as excited as I am for it, I'm ready to be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Jake, for uh, joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm so, oh man. I'm, I'm ready. Like this, this little bit of time that's remaining is the only time in my life that I will not know how episode seven is. You know, my kids will grow up in a post episode seven world, you know, all that stuff. But you know, we, they'll grow up oh. loving Kylo Ren and be like, he's awesome. And... <laughs> yeah. Was it weird for you guys being an adult man with a wife or a fiance yeah. <laughs> and buying tickets to a Star Wars movie with your own money? It, that was really weird for me. Yeah. Yeah. From, yeah it, it was this really like, but it's becoming more and more okay. Yeah, um, and I know we got to end it here, but yeah. like, like it, it really is cool seeing how geekdom has taken on mainstream culture. It's really yeah, yeah. Awesome. And yeah. I think Star Wars Episode Seven is like a culmination of all that. Yeah. So. Well, and and um, the the, the sort of uh, big dumb Spielberg button I'm going to put on the on the show is, uh, I just got married on November seventh of this year in the auditorium we're going to be seeing Star Wars in. so cool. And we haven't seen a movie in that auditorium since we got married. So there's something just like super poetic to me about the fact that I got married in that theater a month ago and now I'm going into like one of, like to an entry into a franchise that has been just like so integral in my life Mm -hmm. and seeing it this yeah. Saturday, you know? And and so that's, like, there's this, like, weird poetic thing to yeah. me about yeah. it. Like, I might be yeah. weird about it, but I there's just something about that that's, like... No, I like it. that's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cool. So, uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, blessed. thank you for uh, telling that story. Uh, one of the all-time <laughs> best yes, moments I would in podcast agree. history. <laughs> thank you. Um, and until next time, go watch uh, Star Wars. Yep. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>